0: What? <smart noise>
1: That was my song, Sweep, and here is Eric Berg with his response slash criticism slash
2: to it. Criticism. Makes it sound a lot worse than it is. I hope it's constructive criticism. Um. Ah, Sweep. It was good. I really liked it. Um. It was really good, and I liked how it was like took you through like kind of moods, you know. Like, it, like, started off, like, kind of light and happy, and then it moved into kind of, like, a stormy mood, and then it got, like, warlike and all intense, and then it was, like, like, high suspicion and high tension, and then it, like, kind of left you off in, like, kind of, like, a, uh, a normal, a normalcy mood. It's hard to explain, but yeah, I really liked it. I really liked, um, the way you like, used synths and stuff, and it was, like, Felt like there was like tons of things. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like there's a certain personality to it. Like you could hear like different things with each one. It's hard to explain. The only thing is at the beginning it was kind of light and I it kind of felt like it needed more bass. Like it kind of like it was flopping around in the air and it wasn't grounded. But for the rest of it, it was really good like really 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 <laughs> uh, what's your name, first of all?
3: Bob Jackson.
2: Thank you, Bob Jackson. Not that anyone wouldn't know listening to that amazing uh hit um, single of yours.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but uh I'd just like to ask you, how did you get involved in the music business in the first place?
3: Well, you'll see. I was a little boy. And my daddy, you see? My daddy was into music. And uh I, I liked that because I liked music. So I got into music. I went along to the bar with my dad.
2: Whoa, whoa I'm sorry, um what age were you at this point?
3: Fifteen.
2: Okay, um, this is in the States where you're allowed to go in there younger. Okay. Anyway, continue.
3: So, yeah. I went to the bar and my dad said, Hey, son, why don't you go sing some tunes up there?
2: Wait, and, wait. Sorry, I'm just... Sorry I'm interrupting you so much. Was this a karaoke bar? That's fine. Bar? this a karaoke bar by chance? No. So you are just randomly getting up on the stage and singing?
3: Well, you see... My daddy was friends with the barkeeper, so he had arranged previously for it. Okay, continue. So, my first actual performance was. It was on a Friday evening at 7 o'clock at night. And I was singing. I got up and sang, and it was really great.
2: So, what? Uh... What bar was so blessed to hear your voice for the first time?
3: The Purple County Pub.
2: Purple County Pub, and uh, can you tell me uh, where that was? With um,
3: Marksville, Tennessee, New York.
2: Um. Okay. So um, you did you grow up in Marksville, Tennessee? New York, or did you just drive out to Marksville, Tennessee, New York, and sing there?
3: Well, you see, I kind of grew up in a small town outside, so I guess you could say I was nearby when it all happened.
2: So, were you born with this incredible music talent, or did you learn, uh, or did you learn it from somebody?
3: Well, you see, I kind of. I hadn't really practiced it before so I kind of just learned it
2: <laughs> so uh um are you gonna sneeze again
3: I'm done with that
2: okay that was an incredible sneeze though I can just tell thank you thank ability. you thank you um but um so
3: sorry I must step outside for a cigarette
2: okay um. While he's out there smoking a cigarette, um, just a question to the audience. Has any, uh, any other of you heard of Marksville, Tennessee, New York? I don't know, but I have a feeling this guy's totally faking it. So, um, I'm just going to uh, wait till he's finished. It. <coughs> oh, I'm back. <coughs> there he is, guys. <coughs> so, um, uh, could you uh, tell me, was, you, was this your first time... Ever singing when you sung on the bar, at a purple county bar pub sorry.
3: It was actually my first time singing. I had never even sung before. I'd only even learned to speak five months previous.
2: Okay, so you were fifteen, and so it was fifteen when you learned to speak. That's correct. In Marksville, Tennessee, New York.
3: That's right.
2: Okay, um, who'd you say your inspiration for your incredible uh, musical talent is?
3: Bob Marley. He's the greatest, and he inspired me directly.
2: I can see some traces of Bob Marley in your singing. Um... Now... I'm sorry, I'm having a difficult time believing a word you say. Now, I'm just gonna, uh, backtrack here.
3: We we came from a very odd family, so pardon me if it's just a bit odd.
2: Well, the fact that you're making up a geographical location is a bit odd. That
3: actually is a location, so it is. Marksville,
2: Tennessee, New York.
3: Yes, you see, there's this person called Mark. And you went to the suburb of Tennessee, which is in New York. There's actually the Tennessee and then the suburb of Tennessee in New York. This guy named Mark went to this suburb of, Ten- suburb of New York called Tennessee. And he established a village called Marksville.
2: Okay. This um, was
3: about in the late 1800s, by the way.
2: Okay. So that was the first thing. I'm glad you ironed that detail up for me. Um, another detail was that you learned to speak at 15
3: That is correct. My parents firmly believed that the usage of speech before my late teenage years was inappropriate and unnecessary, and I would learn more just by observing.
2: Uh, interesting parents. Um, glad I didn't have them, but that's an aside. Uh, did you feel odd at school when you weren't allowed to I
3: didn't go to school.
2: Have you ever been to school? no do you have any education whatsoever? no okay how old are you now?
3: I am 55 and a half
2: okay now I'm just gonna backtrack a little bit um your music is nothing like Bob Marley and he is a direct inspiration of yours.
3: Have you heard my music?
2: You played it for me earlier today.
3: Yes, well, I probably haven't played you my uh, other stuff, my reggae stuff.
2: Well, I'd although lo- I am
3: a country crooner.
2: Well, I'd love for uh to hear some uh, country crooner done after this show. Maybe we could hook you up with some with a reggae uh artist. But um, okay. So we've established that. You're not lying. You just had an incredibly odd youth, right? That is correct. Okay, so who hooked you up with this, uh, record label to put out this hit (sighs) single?
3: Well, you see, my dad was the owner of a recording studio called... ...Columbaba Records. And, you see, he's very generous. He didn't actually make any money, so he, saw, he, saw, he thought, why don't I sign my wonderful son onto my label? And so he did. He said, Son, I've been proud of you lately at the bar, the Purple County Bar, and
2: Purple County Pub.
3: I was right? just wondering.
2: Or is this a different bar? Sorry. I was
3: just wondering if you would Excuse like me. to rec- Yes.
2: Are Purple County Bar and Purple County Pub different places? No. They just go under different names? Yes. Thank you. So you see, my
3: dad approached me and said, Son, I'm wondering if you wanted to maybe record an LP under my record label. And I said, sure, that'd be great. And so we recorded my first record, Tennessee, Marksville, New York, Day Blues.
2: Thank you. Um... That is an incredible story.
3: Thank you, thank you. I'm very proud of my life so far.
2: I'm wondering, where do you get the inspiration for your incredibly profound lyrics?
3: Well, I don't like to tell people that. It is a well-kept secret in the Marx family. And... But I can maybe let you in on a hint of it. What was that question again?
2: I'm sorry. I'm what was that question wait. again?
3: What was that question again? I cannot process very much at once as I did not get a full education.
2: Okay, I'll come back to that after. The question was, where do you get the inspiration for your profound songwriting talent?
3: Well, as I previously mentioned, Bob Marley.
2: So you just stole a bunch of Bob Marley lyrics?
3: No, I just got influenced by him a lot.
2: So you stole the ideas of all his songs?
3: Actually, no. The ideas came from my experience of 15 years without speaking a word.
2: Okay. And how does that have anything to do with Bob Marley?
3: Well, I am indeed a reggae, crooner, country artist.
2: But, right. But how, um, does your style of music have to do with your lyrics?
3: That's an interesting question. Well, you see, you'll just have to listen to it. My music, that is.
2: I have. I did a lot of studying for this interview.
3: Oh, well, right.
2: Sorry, never mind. I'll get back to the question I had earlier. You said that um, it's a a well-kept secret in the Marx family while your name is Bob Jackson.
3: Well... Well, you see...
2: Are you lying to me again?
3: We are indeed the Marks family, but I have actually three names. Bob Johnson Marks. And I'd prefer not to use my last name because it is indeed the name of Marksville, Tennessee, New York. And I don't don't really like the attention it brings to me. So, indeed, instead, I just call myself Bob Johnson and leave out the last name and take my middle name in place for the last name.
2: Sorry, where did Bob Jackson
3: that is indeed my name
2: right but you're saying Bob Johnson
3: Jackson Johnson they're pretty much the same thing they're derived from the same name in Latin
2: I'm aware that Jack and John are the same name but you can't call you can't say their name is Jack and John my name is
3: not Jack and John
2: oh okay so why don't we um uh just to, Hear uh, your reggae song, and then we'll be done. Reggae country
3: cooner, to be precise.
2: No, uh, yes, but you said you play us strictly reggae for the ending, because you already played us a country cooner to to uh, start us off.
3: And one more note: when I started singing at the age of fifteen at the
2: Orange County pub, what I the... sorry, I'm sorry. Is this a different pub than the Purple County pub, or did they go under the same name?
3: Same name, same name. When I started singing, I. My vocal cords were next to nothing because I hadn't used them since I hadn't used them ever. So there, my voice will be distinctly different than it is now. Just a note to all you, all you avid listeners.
2: That, okay. Sorry. I was thinking that I was interviewing. Enjoy
3: my wonderful songs.
2: Yeah, I was thinking I was interviewing the wrong person cuz your voice sounded completely different. Anyways, um like you said, enjoy his uh <clears throat> wonderful songs. Here they are.
3: I will fight the oppressor, man. Yes, I will. I won't let him take my land. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I won't. How long will he crucify my people? How long until us said the glass is not half full? Oh. I will fight the oppressor man, because I don't want to be one of his goonies. I will fight the oppressor man, because I refuse to be one of his goonies. The oppressor man! Yes I will! I will fight and take a stand! Yes I will! Oh, 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 oh. I will fight the oppressor! Man! Because I don't wanna be one of his Goonies! I will fight the oppressor man because I refuse to be one of his goonies The oppressor man
2: This is a short children's story I wrote for a uh, buddy reader in grade 1 or 2. Uh I didn't write it in grade two, 1 or 2. I wrote it for a student that is in grade 1 or 2. I'm uh I wrote it in grade 9. Um, it, uh, it's pretty good, it's like, kind of dark for a children's story, that young, I think, maybe a little too dark, cause it's, I don't know, I have a certain thing, I really like darker stories when it comes to children's stories, so, you may find it this, like that. Uh, here we go. Everybody's home. George lived in a little cave, which he never left. In his cave, he would look around for gems and collect them. He never spoke to anyone, and when people would explore into his cave, he would hide and throw rocks at them until they left. He hated everybody in the whole world. One day, a little boy was walking through the woods, and he walked straight in the cave. George saw the small boy walk in and ran to his hiding place, where he began to throw rocks. George heard a laugh from out in the open. George was confused, and he picked up, peeked up to check, and the boy began throwing rocks back. George ducked back down and began thinking no one had ever fought back before. There was a laugh heard from him in the cave, and George was mad. He grabbed a bunch of rocks and ran to the middle of the cave, throwing all the rocks at the boy. The boy giggled and ran to George, hugging him. George was confused, and suddenly all the angry anger burst from him. He screamed at the boy. GET OUT OF HERE, YOU STUPID BRAT!" And he pushed the boy to the ground. The boy began crying and became scared. The boy stood and cried. You're just an old man who never talks to anybody and who's scared of everyone because you might get hurt. George went crazy and started throwing all the big, sharp rocks at the boy. The boy fell. George stared at the lying boy for a long time before grabbing all his gems, then running and screaming. There was an ocean outside his cave, and he ran into it, yelling and crying. He began swimming as hard as he could towards the island across the ocean. He swam for days on end and became hungrier and thirstier and colder. Finally, he reached the island. Right on the beach, there was a little hut. There was light coming from the windows. George was starving, and he could hardly breathe. He was so tired he could only crawl towards the door of the hut. George knocked when he reached the hut. "'Who is it?' came a gruff voice. George was so tired he couldn't answer and could only mumble a little cry. "'Help!' The door slowly opened and George fell into the hut. There was a tall, fat man standing over him, giving him an angry look. George could hardly look up, so he lay there thanking the man. "'What do you want?' George muttered an answer. I'm tired, and I just swam across the ocean from the mainland. I need a house. The man put his foot on George's shoulder and slowly pushed him out of the hut. I don't want any grubby thieves in my house, and the door slammed. George started to cry again, and he lay there outside the hut for hours, crying, and eventually he fell asleep. When George woke up, he was more hungry than ever, and he could hardly move. The sun shone so brightly, and his body was burnt all over. He was in the most pain he'd ever been in. Finally, he built up the energy to turn his head, and as he did so, he saw a fruit tree. He slowly crawled towards the tree and picked up a fruit he found on the ground. He took a bite out of it. It was sour and too ripe, but he ate it anyways. Suddenly he'd been on a pit and his jaw ached. He felt a little more healthy and he could work up the strength to stand on his two feet. He started walking slowly as he ate another fruit. As he walked, he could hear the sound of beautiful music. He could smell tasty food, and then, a little farther away, he saw a small cottage. He ran towards it. All his fears of talking with other people were gone by now. He knocked on the door, and a very large, smiling woman opened the door, with a thin man beside her holding a flute. Hello, the woman said. How are you? the man asked. My name is George. I traveled across the ocean and was tired, and this man kicked me out, and I saw your cabin and I thought, maybe I could find a home here. The woman and the man looked at each other and smiled. Of course, the man said. Absolutely, said the woman. George was so happy. He stumbled in immediately. The woman laughed at him. "Sit down." George sat down in a couch. They brought out some soup and gave it to him. He ate the the soup, and when he was done the man played the flute for George and the woman. Finally George fell asleep. George woke up slowly. At first he didn't know where he was. Then as he realized where he really was, he definitely didn't know. He was lying in the middle of a forest. He wondered where the little cabin had gone and then suddenly he realized his gems were missing. They had stolen his gems. He got up sadly and looked around. All he could see was forest. At first, then he noticed some smoke rising in the distance. He started running towards it, planning to give the family a piece of his mind. But as he reached the source of the smoke, he realized it wasn't the cabin at all, but a small town. It was on the edge of the ocean, and if he looked, he thought perhaps he could see the first hut he had gone to, but he was too tired to retrace his steps back to the family with the jewels. So instead he decided to enter the town. There was hardly anybody walking around the town. Because he had no breakfast and no dinner the night before, as he had fallen asleep in the afternoon, he decided to sit down on a park bench, because he had no money either. Just when he had decided to go knocking on doors for help, some man came up to him and sat down beside him. George was scared of him, so he started to get up, but the man got up as well. "'I haven't seen you around these parts before,' the man said to George. George didn't answer. "'Are you from the mainland?' George nodded. "'My, you look awful awful hungry. Would you like to come in for breakfast?' The man did frighten George, but he could not refuse, so they went to the man's house." At the man's house, they had the most excellent breakfast, and then the two of them went out to play horseshoes, and when they were done, the man decided that they were going to throw a party to celebrate a new man in the town. George was so happy, he had found a new friend. At the party, the whole town was there. George sat with the man and some of the man's friends in the man's house. There was a special nectar drink that tasted very good, which George drank a lot of. George, what George didn't realize was that the drink, ma- drink made him dizzy, and very willing to tell everybody everything. He told them all about the boy and how he used, and how he. He told them all about the boy and how he used to throw rocks at people. He laughed about it, but the other men didn't laugh. Suddenly he realized that they were all gone. Then he heard a rumbling and a yelling and he looked up to see the whole town approaching him. He was scared, and as he stood up, he realized he was stumbly. They were yelling things like bad man at him. George was so afraid, he ran out the house, and was running as they ran after him, throwing rocks. He was hurt by them, but eventually he got into the water and started swimming. They couldn't follow him. He swam for days on end, until finally he saw his little cave, He was scared of his cave, and didn't want to go back there either. He felt like he had nowhere to call his home anymore. But as he got closer, he saw many people, and his cave had been filled with flowers, and there were paths of gems leading everywhere. There was, painted on the cave in beautiful printing, the words, Community Garden. George felt so happy, and as he looked at the people, he noticed the boy, with a cast and a crutch. But the boy was smiling. George felt very good, but in his happiness he realized that he couldn't talk to them at all, or else he'd scare them off. So he realized that this was everybody's home now. So instead he just lay in the water, watching them until they left. When they went, he entered the garden and slept in the flowers.
1: Calvin Dean Weeb of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada has requested that we cover George Ivan Van Morrison for our musical spotlight. Here's a song by him. I
0: can hear her heartbeat from a thousand miles. Yeah, the Every time she smiles And when I come to her That's where I belong Yet I run into her Like a river song She gave me love, love, love love. She gave me love, love, love Sense of humor when I'm feeling low down. Yeah, when I come to her when the sun goes down, take away my trouble, take away my grief, take away my heartache. And I like a thief. She gave me love. love. She gave me love, 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 love crazy Yeah, I need her in the daytime need her Yeah, I need her in the night and I need her Yeah, I want to throw my arms around her I need her Kiss and hug her, kiss and hug her tight Yeah, when I'm returning from so far away, she gave me some sweet loving, brighten up my day. Yeah, it made me righteous. Yeah, it made me whole. Yeah, it made me mellow down into my soul. She gave me love. love, love. She gave me love, 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 crazy love She gave me love, 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 crazy love She gave me love,
1: love, love, crazy love That was the song Crazy Love by Van Morrison and here's a quick biography of him.
2: Van Morrison uh was Irish and he grew up in Ireland, I believe. And um, he was immersed in music because his dad loved the Irish folk songs and things like that. And his mom was part of um, musical things. And Ben uh, Morrison loved music right from the beginning. And he um, was just into the American blues and jazz. And So at 15, he actually left home Pursue his musical career, and he was in a few bands like Them and the Royals or the Kings or something like that, Royalty. And um, they put out a few songs, but like they were only touring clubs across uh, in uh, England and Europe and stuff. And it wasn't he wasn't huge back then. And then uh, he went to record solo, and that created Blowin' your mind, which he really actually wasn't happy with. But it brought out. Um, Uh, Brown Eyed Girl which is one of his really famous songs and then after that he went on his own because he didn't think he thought that nobody actually knew what he wanted so he made Astral Weeks after that which is actually still considered one of the best albums ever created and then he just went on a string of albums he was often on the charts um, and he did some Irish folk songs as his albums and uh, at one point for the band's farewell tour he teamed up with uh, Bob Dylan um, another guy and they did a farewell tour with the band and then um and then after that he, uh, he actually went Christian and he did a few Christian albums into the music which is considered amazing and then after that it seemed he was starting to drop off and his talent wasn't as good and he made uh, Wavelength which was like decent on the charts but other than that he was actually Uh, lower down and people didn't think he was that good, and some people argue that uh, Into the Music was his last really good album, but after that he actually put out a few good albums like uh, Into the Music and stuff, and he, um, after Pink Floyd broke up, he participated with, uh, Roger Waters on, um, a live performance of The Wall in Berlin, and then he, um, he, he's here now and he's still putting up music and he's actually just made a uh, country album called pay the devil hi I'm Eric Burke
1: and I'm Tigla Pileser
2: and we are going to be talking about George Ivan Van Morrison
1: yep and right now Eric is making is coloring in something so we'll be a bit loud
2: yeah just so you know thought we'd like thought you might like to be included in on that.
1: And we're going to be um, talking about George Ivan Van Morrison.
2: So, uh, how did you first get into him?
1: Um well, hmm, well originally, I think in grade 9, our teacher, a really good grade 9 teacher, um got we were doing a music unit, so we played a song called Brown Eyed Girl and and I didn't really like it or dislike it at the time, but, and...
2: This is grade 9 or 7? 9. Sorry, I forgot. 9, okay.
1: And then, um, well, we did do it on request, so it's not like I had a personal desire to do it. Although, yeah. it was, like, my dad liked him, my friends despised him, so, um...
2: Why do your friends despise him? I
1: don't know, he's kind of a crooner. True but um, I'd say I enjoyed listening to him throughout the week. And, yeah. The way I got actually started with him was by Kelvin Dean Weeb of Winnipeg, Manitoba um, emailing us a request for him.
2: Mm
1: How did you get started with Ed Morrison?
2: Well, um, my parents really liked him. So, well, uh, you may know my dad. And if you do, you know that he goes around and sings songs a lot. And on occasion, those songs that he went around to sing were Van Morrison songs. And so I got involved that way. And not that I actually heard Van Morrison, but I heard that. And we played them in the we played them in the house a lot. And um, also, uh, my uh, my mom and, and me, when we drive around, we have a, we have a CD player, so we always turns picking and she wants to pick Too Long Exile, which is one of his albums, a very good album by him. And, um, so that's how I got, that's how I got interested in him, but I didn't actually focus on listening to him that much. Well, I, and also my friend, um, really liked, had a, uh, Best Of Van Morrison that I was listening to, and I really liked songs like Jackie Wilson Said and, uh, Brown Eyed Girl. And then we were requested, and he was requested, and, um, we got to listen to him a little more in depth and that was really good because then i got a, a better like a more in-depth experience of van morrison's music and i got to learn about him a little bit
1: yeah uh so what do you like about van morrison
2: well what i was gonna ask like yeah that's a good question but i was gonna ask right right now is did you end up liking van morrison
1: uh yeah i i i ended up like i i ended up liking him because He does a lot of blues stuff, and I really like blues, especially playing blues. But, um, yeah, I thought he he was really good. Like, not one of my, like, favorites, but just music.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I liked about him. Um, well, I liked his, uh, his, like, acoustic, um, stuff, like his earlier stuff I like better, like, uh, moon Dance and stuff like that. His stuff nowadays, uh, seemed a little croonerish to me, so I didn't like that as much. He seemed like a lounge singer sometimes, so that gonna, could get on your nerves when you were listening to him for a whole week. But, um, generally, in the end, I ended up liking him for just, like, like, he's... He's fun to listen to, like, he's not, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd, like, choose to listen to him that often, but he's. if he's put on, I'll enjoy listening to him, I think. Yeah.
1: Would you go see him in concert?
2: If I was given free tickets, I would be very overjoyed. If they were really cheap, I would. I would. If I had to pay too much money, I probably would.
1: Would you see him at a country club? Sure. What about
0: you? Um, uh, yeah. So
1: if we if you haven't listened to George Ivan Van Van the Van is derived from the Ivan George I, if you haven't listened to George Ivan Van Morrison, we suggest that you listen to him.
2: And Cal does especially. And,
1: Calvin D. Yeah. And if you have any requests, email them to featheredtar at gmail.com.
2: Or uh, Eric B. E-R-I-K don't go with the C I don't know if some people have been emailing to a C it's eric with a K B at shaw.ca so that was uh, another podcast I hope you enjoyed it here's an outro song